Good evening, everyone, and happy Camel Day. To those of you here in the United States who are halfway through the working week, or over halfway, I suppose, tomorrow is Friday Eve. Cannot wait to get to this week and is started. It's going to be a nice one because I don't have a whole lot planned, which is always nice considering everything that goes on. I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you guys are, have been doing well this last week. Uh, I have, this is more of a rant tonight, but I want to read for us a couple passages of scripture because, my goodness, th this is something that I can rant about for ages. And you know, this kind of, this, this whole conversation kind of started for me uh, right after I saw the movie Sound of Freedom this week. And I, I knew there was a lot of commentary out there about it, but basically it's raising awareness about child trafficking and human trafficking. And then it gets me on a rant about all the stuff that we're doing wrong in the church and all the things that basically filter down from the top. And it, and it goes back to this idea that if, you, if you're a pastor, you're a shepherd of the flock, right? And as shepherds who have been given the gifts that Paul talks about, Jesus talks about, if you have the gift of teaching then, that is what being a shepherd is. You need to teach and instruct in the Word. Not everyone has that, but not every preacher can prophesy. Not every preacher has the gifts of, of healing, speaking in tongues, like all the things that 1 Corinthians uh, 12 and 13 talk about. So for, for me, I kind of want to go through a little bit of a test for us tonight. For those of you who go to your church, and I don't care whether you're a lay member a board member, a member of that church, or you are serving on staff alongside of the shepherd, the head pastor, and if you are the head pastor yourself, this message is to everyone. And it's a little bit of a test, especially considering the Bible has a lot to say about what type of conduct, what is it, that pastors ought to exude. What What is this thing that they ought to represent? So, without any further ado, let me go through a couple passages here, and let me just read them, and let's talk about what it's supposed to look like. So, the test. First, Ezekiel 34. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Ezekiel, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly you have not strengthened. The diseased you have not healed. The broken you have not bound up. The scattered you have not brought back. Nor have you sought for the lost. Though the force and with severity you have dominated them. They were scattered for the lack of a shepherd, and they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. My flock wandered throughout all the mountains and on every hill, high hill, high hill. My flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my flock has become a prey, my flock has even become food for all the beasts of the field for the lack of a shepherd. And my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves anymore, but I will deliver my flock from their mouth so that they will not be food for them. Hmm. 
Hmm. It's interesting. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the people and gather from the countries and bring them to their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the streams and in all the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in a good pasture, and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lay down in good grazing ground and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, and strengthen the sick. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. So that's Ezekiel 34, first few verses. So let's now take a parallel passage, and let's go over to Jeremiah 23. The coming Messiah. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who are tending my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not attended to them. Behold, I am about to attend to you for the evil of your deeds, declares the Lord, that I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to the pasture, and they will be fruitful and multiply. I will also raise up shepherds over them, and they will tend them, and they will not be afraid any longer nor be terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up, a, raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king and act wisely, and do justice and righteousness in the land. His days Judah will be saved. In his days Judah will be saved, excuse me. And Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they will no longer say, As the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives on, who brought up and led back the descendants of the household of Israel from the north land and from all the countries where I had driven them, they, then they will live on their own soil. Hmm. Hmm. So you have a promise here of the coming Messiah. And then to John chapter 10, parable of the Good Shepherd. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus, he does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way. He is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were, which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came to me, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, he's not the owner of the sheep. When he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them, he flees because he's a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep, I have other sheep which are not in this fold, I must bring them also. They will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. 
For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay my life down so that I may take it up again. No one has taken it from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. So the beautiful thing about God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is that He never commands His own creation to do something He wasn't first willing to do Himself. And so when you look at this measuring stick, basically it's a massive rebuke to the teachers saying, you guys who are there supposed to be serving the, the flock, you're serving yourselves. Do we know any pastors like that in this nation? Televangelists, pastors caught in sin, same sexual proclivities and actions as the world, same gambling, alcohol, same abuse, all these things, right? Are they there specifically? just to enrich themselves? Well, a lot of the actions seem to say, yeah. They might not have gotten into it at the outset with that mentality, but that's how it ends up manifesting, unfortunately. So here is what I want us to focus on. And this is just a little test. Let's say that tomorrow in your country, wherever you live, that church, church attendance was made illegal and that there would be a firing squad that would come and at gunpoint put you in a van, a police cruiser, and then haul you off to jail. Here's my question. Would your pastor, whether that's your boss, the pastor you just met, would your pastor be standing in front of you and in between yourself and the police force saying, arrest me? I'm the shepherd. You do not touch my sheep. Come at me, you wolf. See, the funny thing about shepherding is that you'd have the, the sheepfold, which was surrounded by jagged rocks and sticks put together so that if a wolf tried to jump in through the sheepfold on the other end, they would basically impale themselves. Well, the parallel is that basically if someone who wants to try to get in, they're not coming in an honorable way. They're trying to get around the shepherd. They're trying to be a deceiver because they have ill motive. Well, the, the only way into the sheepfold is the sheep door. And guess where the shepherd slept? He didn't push all the fat sheep out by the sheep door so the wolves can just come in like it's a buffet. The shepherd would sleep there. So that if a wolf were to try to enter, they must first go by the shepherd. Because the shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. They seek and save the lost. They fight off the wild beasts. They do not feed off the flock. They feed the flock. So in my example, the test would your pastor, your boss, your friend, who is the pastor, whoever he or she may be, would they be standing in front of the fire line saying, take me, you do not harm them? That's really the, the mark, really. Or are they saying, I don't even know who they are. Would they be pulling like the Uno reverse Uno card saying, well, wait for me, I never knew you, I don't know who these people are. Would they pull a Peter and deny any involvement? Throw people under the bus. And if, honestly, that, that's the thing is we've got to have a little bit of hood spot. We've got to get back to 
having a little bit of conviction that if that's not the pastor, you need to either leave the church, vote him out, throw him out, call him to the carpet, give an opportunity to repent at least, and reevaluate things. Because my goodness, sincerely, we, this is the biggest problem in this country when it comes to our faith. Are we hiring and are we putting in place pastors who don't necessarily always look the best, but are the most qualified for the job? So many times it seems like it's a PR hire. It's the easiest path. We don't want to go through an ugly transition. Instead, we'll just make sure we hire the person who's the best looking most charismatic, albeit ignoring these warning signs. And, I, and here's the thing I believe, if everyone's on the same page, God, when you make a decision like that and you put it in God's hands, he's not going to give people five different answers to, as to confuse people. That's not what happens. If you're praying, fasting, and seeking the Lord over these type of decisions, God will respond. That's the type of faith we must have. And for us to say, well, does he really? Well, then the book of James just calls you faithless and that you shouldn't expect to receive anything. You might as well not even pray if you if you just believe and then doubt that God's going to respond. So that's a little test. It's just something, again, I, I rant about all the time, but I'm of the belief that the church in this country is basically doing everything wrong for the most part because of the lack of fruit. We've produced such waste when it comes to our our, our people that I think it's time for a radical change. And I think it's time to really put to the test who is in our leadership positions. And you can start with me. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. And may God 